Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get together with you on a monthly basis, and our main goal is to help you expand your leadership potential and capacity. That's what it's all about, and it's such an honor to have you join us today and every month when you get together, and we get to get together with some of the best leaders from around the country. So today, as we get ready to jump in, I want to remind you that all the notes and an outline of what we talk about will be at our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. So as we jump in today, all the way from Alabama today, we have Bishop Van Moody in the house. Welcome back to Texas. Hey, man, I'm excited to be here. You know, I always love it when I get a chance to hang out with my uh, brothers and sisters here at One Community. So I love you guys so much, and it's an honor to be here. Man, we love having you here, and um, we love your heart for leadership Amen. and growth and discipleship and what you're doing. And really, just we just have a kindred relationship sure. with you and your church, Amen. and honored to have you here. And today, we just really wanted to jump in because everybody's trying to figure out how do we innovate, how do we, uh, how do we lead coming out of a pandemic, how do we lead when there's uncertainty, and how do we do this, how do we build a team, how do we go there, what strategy do we need? But um, today, I want to ask you, where do we need to really start with all of that? Where does it start for the leader? Yeah, I think for the leader, it starts on the inside, and so... While I, I respect and appreciate and value strategies and mm -hmm. systems, and all of those things are critical, mm -hmm. but all of those things become absolutely unnecessary and obsolete if the leader themselves aren't healthy. And I'll tell you why. Um, God created the universe to operate by way of laws. There are certain unchangeable laws that just govern the way that the world works. For an example, the law of gravity is undeniable. Right? We know that what goes up must come down. God created the universe to operate that way. But the other law, and there are several, but the other law that I think bears importance on this discussion is uh, the law of reproduction. So when God ordained the world uh, in the beginning, in the creation account, he ordered that everything would reproduce after its own kind. Mm. And the reason that that is critical for leaders is no matter how great you are at strategy and systems, if you yourself are not where you need to be, then what are you going to build in your organization and on your team? You're going to ultimately reproduce people who are like you. We don't reproduce what we say. We only reproduce who we are. Oh, gosh. And so that's part of the reason why, as leaders, I often say that success is an inside job, or I spend a lot of time helping leaders to understand the importance of this concept called the I factor, mm -hmm. because ultimately, if you yourself are not where you need to be, if you're not who you need to be internally, mm -hmm. then it is going to flow out of you into your organization. And I know lots of leaders, Matt, who have great dreams and great vision, and they often get frustrated because what they see is not what they say or even what they want but it's because they're reproducing what's on the inside of them. And often if that is not right, it becomes a stumbling block. Woo-wee. Um, I've seen it happen too. And I've seen it happen, what you describe. I've seen people leave churches, leave oh, organizations, yeah. and they leave upset. And then a year down the road, they, f they wonder why they have a bunch of upset people with them. Absolutely. It's interesting because the challenge is everywhere you go, there you are. 
And so you cannot, you can't outrun yourself. There is a very prominent foreign example leader in, uh, in our city. And uh, a couple of days ago, it was announced that he was leaving actually to come to Texas to take the same position that he had in Alabama. Very prominent. Mm -hmm. But the problem is the reason that he didn't work out in Alabama was not because of his staff. It wasn't because of politics. It wasn't because of the mayor. It was because of him. Mm -hmm. And so in his mind, he thinks, well, if I can just find another position, maybe in a better city, then things will work out, but you can't outrun yourself. Mm. And leaders need to understand that. That's why it all starts with us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, You know, another, uh, I shouldn't be giving self, uh, shameless self-promotions to other podcasts on here, but uh, another individual I really love to listen to is this guy named Jocko Willink from the Navy SEALs. And I've heard him say over and over again, there's no such thing as bad teams, only bad leaders. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you know, when you think about the the notion of bad leaders versus good leaders, the Bible is replete with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, love to examine um, characters and figures in the Bible, some good, some bad, because often God teaches us not only what to do, but he teaches us what to do from seeing what not to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, this whole concept of the I factor actually was born out of a deep, intense study I did on uh, Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And it's amazing how Eli was able to mentor Samuel, and Samuel was one of the coldest leaders in in the Old Testament, just an incredible, incredible leader. But Eli couldn't lead his own house well. Mm -hmm. And so Eli, in many ways, like his sons, was a public success, but he was a private failure. And that ultimately was his undoing because these I factor issues, uh, if you don't deal with them, they ultimately will deal with you. Mm-hmm. And there is a pandemic of epic proportions, and I'm not talking about COVID. It is this great reveal of leaders who we admired and loved at a distance, but God in many ways has kind of taken the cover off. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is that because they haven't done the I factor work, um, they are crashing and burning. There are a lot of individuals that are left hurt in their wake Mm -hmm. because they mastered their public persona, Mm -hmm. but they did not deal with who they were on the inside. And ultimately, that always comes out. So in um, Jesus' talk, the cup was clean on the outside (laughs) and a hot mess on the inside. A hot mess. And that was his critique of the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs. Because you guys are so focused on the outside of the cup, but on the inside. And and all through Scripture, God continues to remind us that he's not looking at what man looks at, right? Mm -hmm. We are enamored by the external, Mm -hmm. but God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite life verses is when it says that the Lord looks at the heart and is pleased with integrity. Like God searches our hearts, and the true mark of a healthy leader is not how many systems they've mastered, but whether or not those systems have taken root in their own life. Mm -hmm. And and the true efficacy of your leadership starts with, can you lead your own life well? Mm -hmm. This is a part of the reason why Paul tells Timothy, when he is helping Timothy to set up healthy churches, he's saying that, you know, if you want people who want to be deacons or officers in the church, they first have to lead their own home well. Mm -hmm. It's the same principle. If they can't lead themselves well, 
then you can expect them with great efficacy to lead from the outside well. So once again, it's, it's I factor all over the place. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, because today's culture celebrates the outside. Oh, absolutely. And you're saying for leadership, it's an inside job. It starts with inside. What are some of the things to unpack the I factor for the leader listening when they just, they, we need to pause on everything and we need to look inward because it starts here. What are some of the elements to start working on the I factor and uncovering how we get it right on the inside? Sure. So let me just take a second and, and unpack this notion of the I factor because the listeners probably like, what is this? Where does this come from? And it actually starts um, with understanding the difference between glory and no glory. So the word in the Bible for glory is kabod, C-H-A-B-O-D, and that means um, the full weight of God's glory. It means his splendor, his power, uh, his favor. Uh, so many instances in the Old and the New Testament that talks about the glory of God or when the presence of God showed up and favored people, that word is kabod, C-H-A-B-O-D. But then in the story of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, um, when the wife goes into labor and gives birth after uh, Hophni and Phinehas are killed in battle, Eli gets the news. He's uh, big, uh, heavyset, obese, and the Bible says he leans back in the chair, falls, breaks his neck, uh, and he dies. And God sent a man of God or a prophet to speak and say, you know, God's going to judge you guys because mm -hmm. you were public successes but private failures. So then wife of Phinehas goes into labor, and she gives birth, and she dies in childbirth, and she names the child Ichabod and says that the glory of the Lord has departed Israel, Ichabod, I-C-H-A-B-O-D. And so uh, there's a very, very powerful concept there that shows us that the difference between, you know, the full weight of God's glory and splendor and favor and no glory, no splendor and favor, it's just one letter and it's I. Um, because often that is the difference maker between right. success and failure is us. And so it starts with, number one, acknowledging that. It starts also with understanding that ultimately you have to lead for an audience of one. Right. That the salient question that every leader has to answer every single day is, is God pleased with me? Mm -hmm. Is my heart pure before the Lord? I had a, a great mentor um, who was preaching when I was in high school, and uh, every summer I used to go to a Christian camp with my youth group. And he was, um, new, he was kind of a younger pastor at the time, but he was preaching during that conference, and it was through his preaching that I literally heard the voice of God speak to me and call me into full-time ministry. And I thought it was going to be a thunderbolt, you know, and God was going to part the heavens. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really sure, like, am I hearing this? Is this God's voice or my own voice? And so I went to him after his session, and I said to him, I think the Lord is calling me to preach, but I'm not sure if I heard his voice. I said, is it real? What do I do with this calling? And he said, young man, the calling of the Lord is not a one-time thing. It's a calling that you have to answer every day of your life. Wow. And I've never forgotten that because this notion of a healthy eye factor and living for an audience of one starts there. Every single day, we have to answer that calling. Mm -hmm. And it is not by drudgery or it is not like, okay, God, I got to do it, but, but with purity of heart to say, Lord, I'm doing my very best. And then even search my heart mm -hmm. to see if there's anything in me that is not pleasing to you so that I can get it right. So it starts there. A lot of times as leaders, we're so focused on the result. We're so focused on what we're driving towards or the people that we're trying to lead and influence and even the desired results that we want. But ultimately it starts with the condition of our heart. 
and daily that has to be checked and managed. Uh, I think it was Aristotle that said, uh, actually, let me correct that, I think it's Plato who said that the unexamined life is not worth living. And so that's a part of where we start with this I factor. Our motivations pure? Mm-hmm. Um, have we gone about things the right way so that if nobody else is pleased, we can at least rest our head at night with peace knowing that God is pleased? Mm-hmm. It starts there. Mm-hmm. So it starts here. Um, how, how do you personally, like, what are the things you do to work on that? Because I know your church. Sure. I know growing multiple sites. Like you just said, a lot going on and yeah. results. What does that practically look like for you? Just give the listener how you're how you work through that every single day. Yeah. Answering that call because I've never heard it quite said like that. I think that's really good. And yeah. you're making me reflect on that now. Every day, am I answering the call? Am I accepting the call? Am I running after the call? But what are the systems or what are the ways that you have to guard yourself? Yeah. In that process. I give you two things. I think number one, every leader has to um, answer the question of identity. Mm-hmm. So, for an example, uh, I think it is so important that we recognize that before Jesus performed any miracles, the first thing that happens is that God confirms His identity. Mm. You know, He's baptized in the Jordan River, comes out, heavens open, the Spirit of God descends on Him, Holy Spirit as a dove, and God says, "This is My Son, in whom I'm well pleased." Here it is. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. And so a lot of times, one of the clear I-factor issues that a lot of people have is we think that our who is our do. And, and when you think that your who, who you are, mm-hmm. is connected to what you do, mm-hmm. when your do changes, you lose your identity. Or when you're going through seasons where you don't consider yourself effective in your do, then you begin to question your who. And so the first thing that I'm reminded every single day and that I have to be secure in every single day is that I am loved, I am accepted, and I'm good enough by my Heavenly Father. And and His love for me and His acceptance of me and me being good enough and affirmed by Him has nothing to do with performance. It has everything to do with who I am by virtue of my relationship with Jesus Christ. But part of the way that that is sealed in my heart every day is personal time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I am a huge proponent of daily time with God because the danger of a busy life is a barren life. And so many leaders are so busy, but we haven't prioritized time with Heavenly Father, with, mm-hmm. with literally sitting before Him and having those conversations. I, I call it kind of getting under that waterfall of His love. You know what I've learned, Matt, is that oftentimes when you find difficult leaders or irritable leaders, Mm -hmm. it's largely because they haven't spent time under the fountain of God's love. Mm -hmm. Because as God daily pours his love into our hearts, then we are able to love others and we're able to handle all of the challenges of the day from the right place. But if I'm so busy, and this is no disrespect, but if I'm so busy listening to everybody else's podcast or reading everybody else's book, but I don't read the book, and I don't listen to the most important podcast, which is that voice of Heavenly Father, then I'm already off kilter. So I'm, I'm a voracious reader. I read everything. I watch everything that I can. I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I love you guys' podcasts. I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan. Yes. So there are lots of things that I do take in as a leader, and I believe as leaders you have to be you know, voracious learners. But that has to become secondary to that daily time with God. 
That has, you got to build your life around the rhythm of your relationship with God. And if you do that consistently, that's probably one of the most important things of living from a healthy eye factor. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Ooh, that's so good. I heard you use the illustration of the iceberg that took down the Titanic. Absolutely. And that, um, how big, t- tell me, tell, tell, tell everybody listening, the size of that iceberg and what the Titanic actually saw. Yeah, yeah. So scholars say that that iceberg was um, 600 plus feet. But the problem was 500 feet of it was beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. So when that lookout sent an urgent message from the bridge, iceberg straight ahead, what they only saw was about 100 feet of it. And and that 100 feet was the only stuff that they saw, I mean, above the surface. Mm -hmm. So what did the most damage to the Titanic that ultimately sunk it was what was beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And it's the same principle for our lives. What sinks leaders what torpedoes their organizations mm-hmm. is not the stuff that we see above the surface. Mm-hmm. It's that, that secret stuff. Yeah. It's that stuff beneath the surface yeah. that often we don't want to talk about, um, we don't want to deal with. We feel like as long as I can kill it in public, then this private stuff doesn't matter. But it does matter. In fact, it matters the most. That's why that 500 feet beneath the surface mm-hmm. is actually what took the Titanic down. Um, what would you say... Or how would you guide somebody to to do an evaluation of themselves as to what's beneath the surface? Like, what kind of questions, what kind of things to consider? Because I don't think, you know, we don't end up saying, I hope five years from now I'm going to wreck my life in my ministry because I'm going to be jacked up on the inside. It's a slow drift. But what are some of the things that leaders need to be looking out for maybe that might be hurdles or stumbling blocks or roadblocks to, to guard their hearts and keep them on track? Wow, that's a loaded question because there's a lot of things. I, I think, um, number one, your security and your identity. Mm-hmm. That, as I said a moment ago, cannot be based on anything that you do. Okay. Oh, but then I also think, do you have healthy community? And I'm not talking about individuals that pat you on the back and tell you that you're the greatest thing. I'm talking about individuals that you can be fully transparent with. It's interesting um, that, and it's also unfortunate in our society that we have reduced intimacy to just sex. Mm-hmm. But intimacy is literally about intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have in your life that you can be completely naked with? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about physical nakedness, but you let the walls down yeah. and you're unguarded and you literally have intimacy with them because you allow them to see clearly into you. Mm-hmm. And then they have the opportunity to edit and to redact your life. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time uh, I wrote um, a major book that was on the national stage and got a book deal because I was used to just, you know, writing books and self-publishing them. And I remember I wrote and wrote and wrote and put my heart into this book. And I thought it was incredible. But then, you know, when you're publishing at a high level, you have an editor. Mm -hmm. And I remember the editor took my manuscript and broke my little heart because the editor sent back the manuscript with all of these corrections. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, it's perfect just the way I sent you. I sent it to you. But what I realized as I started reading through her edits is that she had an eye that saw things that I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. And it was actually her edits that made the book better, in fact, made it a bestseller. It's the same in healthy relationships. We all have blind spots as leaders. Every ophthalmologist will tell you 
no great, I mean, no matter how great your eyesight is, we have blind spots. So we need those healthy community kind of individuals that we can be fully transparent with and allow them to see into our lives so that they can edit us, mm-hmm. redact the manuscript of our lives so we can be the best version of ourselves. And I got a question about that. Yeah. So as a point leader, somebody listening who's a leader of an organization or a church, yep. um, they're probably wondering, well, who can I trust to share the inside of me with? I, I might I might get fired. It might be uncomfortable. They think I'm perfect. They think this. They think... What does it look like practically? No, no names or anything like sure. that. But for you to have people who know the real you, yeah. is it people in the organization, out of the organization? How, do, how does that, and is it two, three, is it six? What does that kind of look like ideally for you to have people who know the real you? All right, so um, the number one rule here is you, you, you lead down, but you counsel up. That's big. Okay, and so um, the individuals that I am accountable to that, you know, I'm naked with and they mm-hmm. see into my life and have permission to edit my life are not in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they are individuals that are older, are wiser. They're trusted individuals. Mm-hmm. Their life um, is the proof mm-hmm. of the integrity and character uh, that they should have. Uh, they don't just tell me that they're people of character and integrity. Their life is the proof of that. Um, but then we've also developed relationships over time. So number one, you don't go to, you know, despite what Drake says, you don't go from zero to 100 real quick in a relationship. Right. You know, it takes time. But for the leader listening, number one, you have to desire that level of relationship. But if you're leading an organization, um, you don't want to counsel down. You don't want to go to the individuals that you're leading for that level of accountability. You've got to have someone further down the road. Uh, than you are somebody that's maybe outside of the organization. But then you also want to make sure that there are people that want to P-R-A-Y for you instead of P-R-E-Y on you. You, you want people who don't need anything from you and don't really want anything other than for you to win. That's and good. people that are invested in your success. And it's not a transactional relationship. It is, it is a supportive relationship, an authentic, unconditional love type of relationship. And those people are out there, but I think it first starts with we have to desire it. And then, you know, in any relationship, you're going to have to be vulnerable. And that's the scary part. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you're going to have to be vulnerable when you find the right people yeah. uh, and when they have demonstrated over time that they can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to have a little caveat there because trust is also given and trust is earned. And so there are people who say, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Matt can be trusted. Well, the truth is we can walk together our whole life and I can always find an excuse to not trust you. But so I want to move people away from that. I want them to understand though, that study their life. Okay. Jesus talks about, you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. And then ultimately you're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to ask those individuals if they would be willing to serve in your life to that degree. Mm -hmm. In my life, personally, there are three individuals with whom I am accountable to, that walk with me, have the permission to edit my life, mm-hmm. uh, and that I love to bring things to because I know that I have blind spots and I don't always get it right. And they have been invaluable. Let me say this really quickly so that people understand how significant this is. The Bible talks about how in a multitude of counsel, right, there's wisdom or safety. Right. There's two ways to get wisdom in life. Either you can connect with those trusted individuals that we've been discussing, that you get permission to edit your life, or you will keep bumping your head against the wall, you keep stumbling and failing, 
over and over and over again, and you get lessons after each failure. But the problem is the second way that I just described costs too much and it takes too long. Right. The better way to do it is to connect with individuals that are further down the road, that are trusted men and women of character and integrity, mm-hmm. um, and glean wisdom from them yeah. as you open your life up to them. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the way that God ordained it. You know, there would not be a Timothy if it were not for a Paul. There would not right. be a Paul if it were not for a Barnabas. There would not be, you know, Joshua if it were not for Moses. I mean, you see this over and over and over again in Scripture. You need those older individuals, wiser individuals, trusted individuals in your life to help you be your best self. Wow, so good. Wow, uh, that's a lot to chew on. <laughs> that's a lot to chew on. Um, we're. We, I just want to challenge you leaders to just pause from all the busyness, and to begin to look at, look at I, look at inside of yourself and look at your heart, begin to evaluate um, what Bishop Moody has shared with us today and just, um, just really do the hard work of self-reflection and getting commun- being secure in your identity and getting people who can be in your corner to see you win. And um, I just want to encourage you, it's not just you, but this is something that can help your entire team is getting secure in who we're on. And we want to... Um, just let this be the beginning of this conversation. You can go out online and find Bishop Moody out there. You can even see he's got a book called The I Factor, where you can dig into all the details about this. And I just want to thank you so much for pouring into us and investing in what really counts on the inside here. Well, thank you, Matt, for allowing me to be here. I love you guys. Love Dr. Conway. Love One Community. Uh, keep leading. Keep setting the Amen. standard. And, uh, man, God's hand is on you guys. Man, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for listening today. Um, what, what a powerful conversation for us to look inside of ourselves. I want to encourage you um, to share this with your team, share this with other leaders if this has benefited you. Remember, we're going to have uh, notes you can download online right now if you go to visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. You can see an outline of what we've talked about and some other details on how you can find Bishop Moody. And we're just grateful that you would hop in here with us today and have a talk about leadership being an inside job, starting on the inside. If this has been uh, helpful and encouraging to you, please go out there, leave us a review, or share this content with some others that you know. And we're grateful. We hope this expands your capacity as you start on the inside. We cannot wait to see you again next month. God bless your family. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.